Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Weekend Edition. Strikes are nothing new in Michigan, but Daniel House of the Detroit News says the continuing UAW national walkout is different. The United Auto Workers strike against General Motors is the longest in 49 years, and a lot has changed. The union's 49,000 GM employees are a fraction of the 340,000 who walked off the job for 67 days in 1970. Competitors from Japan, Germany, and South Korea now account for more than half of the vehicles sold in the United States, and a big chunk of those are built in non-union plants in the Midwest and down south. Detroit's number one automaker still has the highest hourly labor cost in the states, despite its historic bankruptcy a decade ago. That's a key reason an end to the strike is proving so elusive. GM wants to narrow the cost gap with its rivals, and the UAW essentially wants to widen it. GM collapsed into bankruptcy a decade ago thanks in part to high-fixed labor costs. Yet expectations haven't changed. In the old Detroit, GM's strong North American profits and record profit-sharing meant the automaker would be able to afford to increase wages, to maintain Cadillac health care benefits, to reduce its use of temporary workers. But this isn't old Detroit anymore. It's dead, or should be. Reviving the discredited thinking that led to those historic bankruptcies would be an epic mistake. Proof that some people never learn. Stripped of the usual jargon, the UAW-GM bargaining battle is a giant fight over dollars and cents. Ann Arbor's Center for Automotive Research says GM's hourly labor costs are 13 bucks an hour higher than the $50 an hour average for non-union foreign automakers. Rival Ford is 11 bucks an hour higher. That gap is unsustainable in the hyper-competitive global auto industry. It's also indefensible, a slap to salaried employees, to shareholders, and to taxpayers who finance GM's rescue. And it's a major reason why GM builds more vehicles in Mexico than any other major automaker. Why it imports the Buick Envision from China and other models from Germany and South Korea. Why it uses more temp workers than Ford, but a whole lot less than Toyota. Curtailing those practices like the UAW wants risks one of two unintended consequences. Widening the labor cost gap and reducing competitiveness or requiring the use of more temps and offshore production to restrain costs. Why is that so hard to understand? GM and the UAW are stuck at this point partly because the automaker's bankruptcy a decade ago didn't use the power of Chapter 11 to bring its labor costs in line with its foreign rivals. A former general director of GM Labor Relations involved in the bankruptcy negotiations recently told me, quote, Nobody who was working in 2009 took a pay cut, a pension cut, or a health care cut. Doing so would have offended the Obama administration's union friendliness, and it would have incited a war with the UAW that likely would have mired GM in bankruptcy for years, imperiling the economy of the electorally vital industrial Midwest and the years-long recovery of Michigan. That never happened, 
making increased competition a relentless force straining the UAW-GM relationship to its breaking point. I'm Daniel Howes of the Detroit News. Thank <laughs> you.